Welcome to Musing the Mysteries, a podcast by Barney Wiggett. What you'll find here are some recent musings about the God of the Bible and living in such a way as to bring Him pleasure. We make no claim to perfection in either our actions or assumptions. That's why we call them musings. Don't take our word for it. Do your own research and ask the Spirit for help. We invite you to interact with us, question our conclusions, and share your own ideas with us, which might well be better than some of ours. In the meantime, happy musing. to relationship with himself or uh, friendship invitations, but I'm going to talk about six. And the first one is creation. Let's talk about creation uh, briefly as the place, uh, a place that God puts invitations. He, he slips them. It's his Facebook or his, his Evite or whatever. He puts the uh, invitations to friendship in creation. What passage did you see in those that I listed uh, or what phrase, let's put, put it this way, what phrase that stood out to you about the creation of God where God puts cre- uh, invitations to relationship with him? Go ahead and shout it out. Yeah, and just a phrase, put a phrase out there. I love that phrase, the heavens declare the glory of God. Somebody else, another phrase. Yes, God's eternal power and Godhead are clearly seen. Yeah, yeah. And so, what what about creation blows your mind? That that when you see it, you go, dude, there's a God. Okay, stars, the firmament shows his handiwork. That's taken. Okay, the uh, you can't say that one. The stars, because that's the most profound, I think, and that's what the Bible says there in, in Psalm 19. But shout out another one that when you see this, you go, that, that that's the handiwork of God, dude. That there's a God for a fact. The ocean. I love the ocean. I call it my ocean. When I get down to Pacifica once a week, I just I just stand by the ocean. I go, oh Lord. Thank you for my ocean. Thank you. This shows me uh, the the creation of God. Somebody else. What what blows your mind and shows you God? Flowers. Flowers. What's your favorite one? Your favorite flower? You love all flowers. I love plumeria uh, because it not only is beautiful, but it smells good. And it just shows the handiwork. I mean, think about what God did to make a huge ocean and then this little flower that smells good. Somebody else. His people, human beings. Now, we're the most intricate of all his creation, no doubt about it. Somebody else? Animals, just like, do you have, are you a pet owner? Do you have pet? But, but you're blo- it blows your mind that God makes these animals and they have these instincts and they have uh, these, these ways about them. They can almost be people. They're almost like people, especially if you have a dog. We have a dog who's 17 years old. Her name is Snickers. Blind as a bat and can barely move, but Snickers is part of the family. Yeah, I mean, he gives us all these clues. And so, uh, 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 so, so when somebody says, you know, there's no God, I just go, yeah, wow. Wow, really? 
And it's kind of like being at, at, you know, the zoo. Do they still? I haven't been to the zoo forever, but do they? They used to have these keys, and you put them in this, the box next to the particular the elephants, and it will tell you about the elephants. And you put—is it a, the same key? I think for all of them, and puts you know next to the monkeys, and it tells you about the monkeys, right? And I think it's like God has these boxes around all these places in His creation that whisper, you know, when people see you know, a baby smile, or they see a hummingbird, or, 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 or whatever, uh, it, they, there's a whisper, oh, I'm, I'm inviting you to my party. I wanted you to see this hummingbird, because look at the colors on that, and look how fast he's flapping his wings. Man, there's, you know, I'm here, and I'm inviting you to know me, you know, like that. Or waterfalls. Do you like waterfalls? I'm amazed by waterfalls, and, uh, and God's got invitations in those. I think it takes more effort to miss God than it does to engage with God. I mean, you know, we can, you know, Romans 1 says that we can suppress the truth in our unrighteousness. We can, you know, did you read the one in, in John that says he lights every man that comes into the world, every person that comes into the world? So that means the light is shining. We can put the blinds down, right? But uh, that's more effort than just leaving them up and letting the light in. But people do, we do, we have a tendency because we're selfish and uh, autonomous and so on like that. Okay, second one. Let's talk about creation now. Conscience. Let's talk about conscience. The conscience. Creation is outside of us. Conscience is on the inside. Did you see a verse that talked about conscience in that passage? Go ahead and shout out one of the phrases that you see in that passage. Yeah, the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their conscience bearing witness. So there's this, there's this imparted chip. So we're born, he, so all the babies, it goes around and puts this chip inside them. And this chip says, there's a God, there's a God who loves you, there's a friendship awaiting you. And uh, we have a sense of right and wrong. We can sear that conscience, we can put calluses on that conscience, we can, we can deny that conscience. But the fact of the matter is, all of us has this sense of right and wrong, even the most you know, the most uh, adamant relativist who says there's no right, you know, what's right for you is right for you, what's right for me is right for me, and there's no, you know, meeting in between. But honestly, that's just, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense because, you know, if you meet each other on a bridge and uh, there's not any way to pass and, uh, you know, what's right is for you to give some room to the guy. But if you push him off, that's wrong. I mean, even if he if he says, you know, there's nothing wrong, you know, there's no wrong in the world, uh, obviously it's, it's, it's silly. But um, the conscience, somebody said, is the inner voice that warns somebody, warns everybody that somebody's watching. It's kind of that sense. You know, there's somebody. It's always somebody bigger than me. Uh, the voice of God in the soul. It's kind of a homing device. Yeah? Kind of like the GPS, you know, that talks to you and there's a, you know, there's a path. We're going someplace. C.S. Lewis uh, called it inside information about God. Inside information. And so this is the inside. Creation's on the outside. He puts a lot of invitations. Cre uh, conscience is on the inside. He puts a lot of invitations. And then number three, let's talk about culture. 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 I know this is more like a lecture than a sermon, uh, and uh, that's what I do. And uh, But culture, this is kind of new to me. Not culture, but the thought that God puts invitations in culture is uh, kind of new to me. Um, sometimes I notice this. I notice this, that sometimes when I hear Mozart, 
I feel the presence of God. And sometimes when I hear Carlos Santana, I feel the presence of God. People loving each other or whatever it is in culture, I think uh, there's evidence that there's a God and he loves us and he's looking for friendship. So am I making sense? And so, so you got creation outside of us or say in front of us and we've got conscience inside of us and culture all around us. Man, he's, he's, like, he's like relentless about this. He has a party and he is inviting everybody and he's using every medium that he can think of to get people uh, to his party. That's the thing. Does that make sense? Creation, conscience, culture. Now, uh, the fourth one. This is going to stretch you just a tad. You know, uh, my name is Barney Wiggett. And so the, uh, I have this website with this really uh, uh, cool name, barneywiggett.com. And on barneywiggett.com, I kind of examine this, what I'm going to talk about next. So if you just go, dude, I don't agree with him. That's fine. That's totally fine. But, you know, maybe you might want to look at this paper on this. You can find it on the, the website. But I want to talk about creeds. Number four, creeds. I use the word creeds because it started with C. Uh, but religion could be a better word or spirituality. And I'm not necessarily talking about Christian creeds. I'm talking about religion as a, 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 as a whole. And I, this is kind of new to me, but I, I, I've come to believe that, that he places his clues, his invitations, even in mosques and Hindu temples. And even in Hindu people and, and Muslims, even within the context, I think some people, okay, here's the way it works. Jesus is the only way. Let's all say that. Jesus is the only way. Let's say it again. Jesus is the only way to the Father. But are there ways to the way? You know what I mean? He's the vehicle to the Father, but are there vehicles that will maybe carry us closer to the vehicle? I'm not saying all religion will do that because a lot of people are going the opposite way in their religion, but the point I'm trying to make is that the fact that there is spirituality and religion is ubiquitous, it's, it's everywhere on our planet, that's indicative it's, it certainly there's deception and wrong doctrine. I understand all that. You know, I, I, I took a class about that. But, but I'm saying that there's also, it's indicative of a hunger for God. Now, sometimes, you know, the first bus comes by, the person that's hungry for God, they jump on that bus. And that bus, you know, <clears throat> from my apartment, I don't, God bless you, I don't think, uh, I haven't mapped it out, but I don't think you can take a bus directly from my apartment to here. I think you have to transfer. I think you have to take, it'll be probably two buses from my apartment uh, on Dolores to here. And so you, you get your little transfer deal. You know how it works. And you, you get, they drop you off there and you get off there and then you transfer to the other bus. And I think what it requires to get all the way to the Father is to get on the Jesus bus. You know, I got on the Jesus bus. And, and, but I was on some other buses before and were they all right? No. Were they all wrong? No, they weren't all wrong either. And so I think what happens is that the Holy Spirit rides some of those other buses and hands out invitations, you know, and is showing, well, let's make a transfer. We got, you got your transfer? We're going to make a transfer to Jesus. Sometimes other spiritualities bring people, it's a vehicle that brings us to the vehicle. And I'm not advocating, let's go out and, and, and turn people into Hindus, hoping that they'll become Christians. I'm just saying that sometimes it's indicative of a, uh, of a hunger for God. 
God, you know? And uh, how that transfer is made is so far above my pay grade. Um, I, I don't know how that works. I don't know how the transfer, it works for each person, for each individual, and how God is going to judge people at the end. That's just not, I, I'm in sales, not in management. So they don't pay me enough to know uh, about the big things that God is up to. You know what I'm saying? So God's got this management of, of his ways, and he will work out who's, who's in and who's out. I don't really, you know, that's not my deal. But my deal is to follow him around where he's left his invitations and say, did you get, did, did you get your invitation? You know what I'm saying? And I'd, I'd like to maybe clarify. Let's talk about that in a second. But I believe that God absolutely invites people uh, through creeds that are not necessarily uh, Christian creeds. I mean, does it make sense to you that Jesus, who hung out with prostitutes and, uh, and thieves, uh, would, because, you know, he was looking for people that had a hunger for God, and that he would hang out also in a mosque or a temple. Does that make sense to you? I mean, I mean, he's not just going, okay, well, they're all wrong. We're just sending all them to hell. That's just not the... Did you read? Where did you read in these verses where God cares about people in general? Did you see? Take a look at those verses. I love that one. He's not slow in keeping his promises. Uh, he's insistent. It says he's not wanting anybody to perish. But some people are going to perish. I'm not saying everybody's not, you know, everybody's going to be saved in the end. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that will cause, and that causes great pain in the heart of God who doesn't want anybody to, to perish. You know, there's, so, so everybody knows this, that Peter, St. Peter is at the gate, uh, you know, of heaven checking people in. Everybody knows that. And Paul, of course, more, uh, CPA-ish um, is the one who is in charge of keeping track of them what they're in heaven, right? I mean, that's the way it works. And so, but Paul noticed that there's always more people in heaven than Peter let in at the gate. And both Peter and Paul are, I don't know, they're just, they're, they're befuddled by this. Uh, and a little bit frustrated. And then Paul comes up to Peter one day and he, he runs up to Peter and he says, I found out what's been happening. It's Jesus. He, he keeps sneaking people over the wall. And so I don't know how all that works. I'm just going to let him work it out. But my job is to know God is not stingy with his invitations. Yeah? He's not stingy. He just gets them all out there. All right. Hmm. Where are we? We just did. Uh, we just did creeds. Oh, uh, number five is is crises. That God finds, you know, our uh, sometimes our exigency is God's opportunity. So 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 crises is a good place to send invitations, to put invitations when a person's in crisis, in a difficult time. You've all heard this, this uh, quote, I'm sure many of you have, by C.S. Lewis in uh, why, uh, uh, The Problem of Pain. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our consciences, but he shouts in our pains. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So our emergency is his opportunity. And, and sometimes, see... The people are, they, they've got their pockets full of invitations, but they're too much in a hurry. You know, they get an invitation, kind of like a track, you know, and they get an invitation, but they're running, you know, they got to, and, and sometimes the pain will slow you down. 
if you know what I'm saying. It'll slow you down a bit so that you'll actually read the invitation that God's already put there. So crisis, God knows, and he puts all these invitations in these places, and sometimes when a person gets in crisis, they'll pull out the invitation. And isn't it interesting how the, the most hardened agnostic or atheist will cry out to God when they're, they've been diagnosed with cancer or, or somebody dies that they loved or whatever. And that's, you know, God doesn't laugh at them going, okay, well, now you want to come. No, but he goes, now's the good time. Now would be a good time. I'm close to the brokenhearted. He loves to, to hang out with people that are, that are hurting. Yeah? So crises. And then, and then the last one is us. The last one. He puts, crea- he puts invitations in creation and, and conscience and, and culture and creed and crises. And, and, and then, of course, in Christians. And, and so if all of these invitations or clues, so to speak, I, I think of us as clue clarifiers. We clarify the clues. So if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you, you, you have to know. You're just following God around on this adventure as he puts these invitations out there. And then we are just going to people and saying, did you get your invitations, you know? We, we clarify the clues. Let me, is there any, do you have any questions about, about, you know, I've been at the party, you know, and I'm digging it. And maybe you would like it too. So uh, let's talk about it. And, uh. That's what we are, is, is clue clarifiers. Um, uh, uh, so it's kind of like a, Hitch, I call it a Hitchcock sighting. A Hitchcock sighting. Everybody knows who Alfred Hitchcock uh, is, was. And he, uh, well, the thing about his movies that was kind of uh, kitschy and, and cool is that he would do these cameo appearances in the movies, you know? You know what I'm saying? He would be in the crowd, he'd walk by the camera, or he'd be at a, a table at a, at a restaurant or something just to make a cameo appearance. He'd never, I don't, did he ever say anything? I, I don't know that he did. He was just always like that. And, and so it's kind of like that with God. It's, so Hitchcock would do it, and it's his show. He's the director. He's the, he didn't write it necessarily, but he's, it's his movie, and so he shows up to, you know, clue you into, it's his movie. Well, God does that. We're involved in his story, and he's the director of the deal. And so, so he just passes through sometimes, you know. I love that. And so sometimes what we can say is, have you, you know, have seen God lately? Have you, do you have any evidence? Well, in creation and maybe conscience. And sometimes if you just ask enough questions, people are, uh, begin to be aware, man, I've got pockets full of invitations. And it's an exciting thing. It's not, it's not like I have to start somebody from scratch. God's been chasing them around all their lives. I'm just following him. I'm just, I feel like I've got my hand on his bumper and my feet are flapping in the wind and we're just going someplace. It's an event. A lot of times we think of evangelism, what a burden it is. It's, dude, it's, this evangelism is the bearing of good news. Euangelion is the, is the word, and it just means good news. It's good news. It's not something that we have to, we're trying to jam people up, you know, with it like that. And where does, where do we show up in the verses, the verses? Where do we show up profoundly in the verses there? Where are Christians in those verses? I'll give you a clue. It's the last one. Take a look. Who are we in the last verse? The bride. The spirit and the bride say come. Do you dig? I just love that. The spirit is saying come to Christ. And we're harmonizing with him. 
I love harmony. And uh, so he's already saying it, and we just join in the choir where he's singing to people, come to my party. Jesus loves you. This I know. He's already singing, and we join in. Go ahead. For the Bible tells us so. Little ones to him belong. I am weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves us. Yes, Jesus loves us. Yes, Jesus loves us. The Bible tells me so. We're harmonizing. The Holy Spirit's saying, come. Come, and we just jump in with him. It's a cool thing. It's just being a clue clarifier and, and uh, asking people, you know, about their clues. So here's just some last thoughts about how this affects me in my life these days and how I get to uh, follow the Holy Spirit around distributing invitations. The first thing on that outline is, is I feel more like I'm working with him not just for him. Does that make sense? I am working for God. You are too. We are. We're, we're workers for God. But the Bible says that we are workers together with him. And I feel like this approach, rather than him sending me out, which is true, but it's more, uh, I don't know if it's more accurate, it's also true that he goes he asks us to join him in the adventure. Not just sending us out like we're on our own. Didn't he say, make disciples, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, yeah? So it's a, it's a collaboration. Uh, I, I always look for a place in a message to use that word. It makes me sound smart. Collaboration, what a great word. Uh, but we're making friends with him. We're on this friendship quest. He's on it. We join him. We're, we're with him. I don't feel like so much that I'm, I'm just working, you know, for him. And so when I'm appealing, we're appealing to, it's not something foreign to somebody. They've got these invitations in their pocket. I'm just asking them to pull them out and let's take a look at them together. Um, so because they, they already saw it in a sunset, they heard it in a symphony, they, they knew it in their knower and their conscience, and maybe even believed it in their religion, but didn't know it was Jesus that they believed in, and uh, so we're just joining in. Make sense? So it's more fun that way. So the second thing is, I feel much less guilt-driven and have more of a relaxed urgency about it. And, and so it's not all on me. It's more of a happy friendship quest. And I'm not so uptight. I used to be a little bit more uptight about getting people from A to B to C, you know, like that. But he's already been doing his thing in people. And I'm just there to go, yeah, isn't it cool? I mean, wow. It's neat that God would come into our world and draw us to himself and ask us to be friends with him, you know. So I just jump in with and try to harmonize with the Holy Spirit. The next one is I'm speaking to people more and at them less. Um, there's a difference. You know, one's kind of preachy. Uh, C.S. Lewis said, it's, it's, it's like this. He goes, we're, we're all in the same hospital. I just got there sooner than maybe you did. And I can give you some advice about how it works in the hospital here. So in other words, we're all broken people. We all needed God, the hospital. And maybe I've just been here a little bit longer and I can give you some, some ideas on how to roll in this deal. So, so again, it's kind of like saying... Do, do, did you get your invitation yet to the party? And uh, do, you, do you have any 
did you open it? You know, do you have any questions about it? Could we discuss it? Um, do you want to hear about when I opened uh, my invitation? You want to hear about the party from my vantage point? It's a cool place. You, you'll enjoy it. You didn't get one. Whoa. That, well, that's weird. That, I, I, okay. I, I'm pretty sure that there's like a mix-up somehow because I know that he invites everybody and he's like really been, did you check your email? Did you check your Facebook? Did you just, you know, you check your mail? Did you check your voicemail? You know, it's got all these different methods because I'm just thinking maybe, maybe you got one and you just didn't know it. You know, that to me, that's, that's evangelism. I'm just trying to appeal to what God is doing. I'm working with him. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I'm just, I'm just uh, trying to collaborate with him and work with him and uh, get them to check their invitations. Make sense? And, and then I listen more and download less. That doesn't sound like it right now because I'm downloading a lot and not listening to you. But I usually do uh, in conversation with people and... Uh, and, and if read the Gospels sometime and see all the questions Jesus asked. Why would he do that? What, doesn't he know? Well, I don't know if he knew or didn't know, but the thing is, when we ask, I mean, how do you know about what they know about their invitation until you ask them some questions? I used to be, I'm kind of, you know, I'm a preacher, so I'm kind of preachy. And it's just easy to go and just download a bunch of stuff. And... I've just had people go, whoa, whoa, turn it off, dude, turn it off. You know, it's, it's like you're trying to fill a, 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 a water glass with a, a, a fireman's hose. It, you know, if you just turn it on there, it, it, and then you go, there's not any water left in here because it all just kind of shot out. So we got to, you know, let the Holy Spirit do his thing and, and just kind of join him in, the, in it. So, you know, uh, and the thing about doctrine, I, I used to always feel like, well, the only way to get really truly born again is to understand the hypostatic union of Jesus and to know the, you know, that the uh, apocryphal books are probably not uh, canonical. And, and what? I mean, who cares about that? Jesus came into my heart before he came into my head. I, I know about apologetics. I know about it. Um, the thing is, I don't think it brings that many people to Jesus. I think it helps uh, overcome some of the obstacles that people have. But the fact is, is you speak to the heart, let the Holy Ghost do his thing in their heart. And then you can, you know, teach them later. And, and then the next one is it's more about friendship to me than it used to be. It's more about friendship. Um, yeah, I'm making friends with God. I'm making friends. Now, there used to be a, a phrase that people, the church was into, it was called friendship evangelism. Man, I, that never felt right to me. It seemed so disingenuous. It seemed like, a, 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 you know, a carrot and, a, you know, on a stick kind of thing. And I don't really want to be your friend, but I'm going to act like your friend because then I'm going to evangelize you and you get you to come to my church, walk you down the aisle and get everybody to clap that I'm really a great evangelist. And I, 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 does that sound like Jesus to you at all? I just, nothing about that. So to get that out of your mind, I'm talking about really genuinely just making friends and uh, letting Jesus flow through you and being a, a deal, you know. 
Uh, I was going to tell you this story. You got a, a second for a story, a little bit of a story? Golden Gate Park. We're doing pancakes. We're sitting on the ground eating pancakes, and I'm talking to a guy. Let's call him Shaggy. They all have street names, so let's call him Shaggy. And Shaggy was drawing uh, pictures, beautiful, I mean, well well-drawn demonic symbols. They weren't, so I didn't consider them beautiful, but I, good art, so I'm going, wow, you're talented, you know? And uh, so we're sitting there, and I, I, I told him about a little bit about Jesus, and paused and let, asked some questions. And he goes like this, he goes, I would not believe in a God that put his son below everybody else and had him sacrificed in their place. What kind of father does that? And, and so I thought, See, so I've been a preacher a long time, and, and I kind of understand, I, I, I at least know something about that. You know, I know something about that. I've been, I can usually explain this about Jesus. So I opened my mouth to talk, and I just fumbled all over myself. It was terrible. I, I, just, I just talked in circles, and it just wasn't, it wasn't coming out right, you know? And rather than just keep pushing like I used to, I just went... Well, Shaggy, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not explaining this very well. And he, go, he turns, he looks at me and he goes, that's okay, it must be hard to explain. I thought, well, that was more progress than me pushing through and trying to make the doctrine understandable. You know what I mean? And I think, first of all, he was more full of his spirits than I was of the Holy Spirit. So that was, a, that was the biggest problem right there. So now when I go, I always say, Lord, may me, I be more full of the Spirit than anybody is of their spirits. But, but also, I think that, the, and this was not put on humility, and I'm not telling you this story so you'll think I'm humble. I'm just saying, I think this spontaneous expression of humility you know threw the demon into into a tizzy and and so now the guy is actually I'm actually talking to the guy you know rather than his spirit and he goes yeah it must be hard to explain and that was the end of our conversation but i'm just saying sometimes if we just chill a little bit and just be real and uh, and then try to be as full of the spirit as possible you don't have to be some big doctrinal expert you don't have to be a theologian you know Really? Okay, uh, almost done. I'm listening to and talking to people on other buses more. And when I'm doing that, other buses, you know, other spiritual perspectives, when I'm doing that, I'm, I'm, I'm looking not some, I used to look for the, the errors so that I could correct them. You know, to, well, you know, obviously Islam is not right because, uh, you know, Jesus is the son of God and Muhammad is not and he's dead and, and he really didn't fly up from the Dome of the Rock rock onto, in, onto a, on a winged horse into heaven and this is false and that's false and there's a, I don't, I don't do that so much anymore, unless they ask me, somebody asks me, what do you think? But now I'm looking for common ground. Because I'm looking for the invitation that they might have, the reason maybe they believe in that spiritual perspective, whatever it is, Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or, or Islam or Hindu, it is, is maybe there is a hunger for God and I'm, I, I'm there to find that common ground and maybe, you know, kind of blow on the ember that, to get that to, you know, fan it into flame a little bit. Does that, does that make sense? And, and certainly, if, if need be, if it's they ask, uh, I, you know, we can bring up, you know, the, the differences, but I'm looking for common ground now more than I used to and let the Holy Spirit do his thing. And then the last thing is I'm trying to be more of, be more of a witness than just go witnessing. 
We used to go witnessing. That's what we did. We, go, we went witnessing. We're going to go witnessing. And I remember one time we went witnessing, and then afterwards we were out in a park, and we were done. We were just having a picnic, and... Uh, uh, my friend said, uh, oh, see that person over there? Why don't you go share with them? You know, I saw how you did this. was, you know, 35 years ago. And I, I said, oh, well, n no, we're not witnessing now. <laughs> you know what I mean? How silly was that? But I tried to just be a witness rather than go witnessing. In fact, just, you know, in case you're looking for it, this kind of stuff, 52 times the word witness is used in the New Testament. Twice it's a verb. 50 times it's a noun. That means we are something before we do something. I, I, so, so, so I just am a witness. If you witnessed an accident, even before you go to court to tell them about it, you're a witness of the I've seen something. I've totally seen something. I've seen Jesus. I'm a witness of Jesus. And sometimes I get to talk about it, but I always get to show it. It's kind of a show and tell thing. You show before you, you know, tell. Um, but I'm just trying to be a clue clarifier and just find out what the Holy Spirit's doing and just be the witness that he's called me to be. So as much as I can enjoy fellowship with him and friendship with him, that will be the show. And sometimes I get an opportunity to tell. Go.